Hi, I'm Mike Jones and welcome to the latest Auto Retail Live webinar, where we'll be looking at used car KPIs and how to get the most out of your used car operation. Used cars have always been a real driver of profitability as we've come out of COVID, and we thought it would be sort of insightful to check in on where the market is at the moment, what an, our panel of esteemed experts think is going to happen, and what's been driving performance um, in the recent past, in addition to picking up some practical tips off them uh, as to what we need to be doing in the future. Uh, many thanks to Real-Time Communications, part of See It Now Group, for partnering with Auto Retail Network on this webinar and making this all possible. Uh, from a panel point of view, I'm pleased to welcome Paul Hendy, the CEO of Hendy Group, who represent 21 automotive brands across the South Coast. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Mike. Um, then we've got John Ward, Data and Insights Director uh, from Real-Time Communications. Uh, welcome, John. Uh, and finally, Mark Thornborough, Brand Director of Autotrader. Uh, welcome, Mark. Um, as we go through the webinar, we'd love for viewers to ask questions, and I'll leave plenty of time for answering the ones that have been pre-submitted and the ones that come in um, during the webinar at the end. Please type those questions into the box below that you should see on the screen, uh, and we'll answer those after sort of the main panel discussion where we look at the topics that have already been um, sort of pre-announced to you. Tweet comments or questions, then please use the hashtag, hashtag ARNLive, uh, and we'll pick those up as well. So sort of to kick us off um, straight away, there's been much publicity around the sort of tightening of the used car market in recent months. Um, Starts off, Paul, how have you found trading in used cars so far in 2023? Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I, I would say that um, quarter one for us was still uh, an exceptionally strong quarter. Used cars is still one of the main cornerstones of our profitability. It, uh, it wasn't as profitable as quarter one last year, albeit that was probably uh, such an outlying performance in terms of used cars last year, it was uh, unbelievable. But still, nevertheless, uh, an over-budget performance, uh, delighted with it. And, um, you know, there's still a real momentum in the used car space. And um, we, we saw uh, an increase in volumes, which strategically we wanted to do. Margins still incredibly strong. And uh, as I say, delighted with the performance and um, long may it continue, Mike. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much. And John, is that sort of echoing what you're seeing um, uh, across other retailers that you, that you guys uh, monitor the data on? Yeah, very much. So I think those, those trends definitely are showing in our data. Um, we definitely saw a little bit of, I suppose, maybe a dip at the start of the year, but generally the trends are back up again. Um, Paul mentioned you know, with GP, GP still very strong and we're seeing it very strong. We're still, you know, quite far behind January last year that again, Paul mentioned, um, still climbing and going the right direction. Electric vehicles are definitely a problem. You know, we can see they really fell off a cliff this year in, in, in what we're seeing in our data from a, a pricing perspective and from a GP perspective. Um, a couple of things that we've noticed as well is days to sell. So days to sell as Again, improving. We, we saw a little bit of a, a downturn in that, but it's improving again. Um, older cars aren't improving as much, maybe, as some some of the younger cars. We can see them starting to sell much faster. Again, electric is an anomaly on that one and causing problems there. Um, but, yeah, we're seeing similar trends on our side. 
Okay. And and Mark, what are the what are the customers up to at the moment? What uh, what sort of trends are you seeing in in, in sort of uh, uh, customer behaviour uh, using all the data that you're getting at Autotrader? Yeah, it's been just to echo the the, uh, the two points that I've just made. We saw record traffic for uh, the the previous quarter, two hundred thirty eight million cross platform visits, uh, and that has really translated when we look at vehicles being removed from our platform. Uh, so that the, the speed of sale and the number of uh, vehicles, and when we look at proxy sold, so that's vehicles exiting uh, our platform, that grew by nine percent in the quarter. Uh, and up around about 7% year on year. Pricing uh, is also ahead. So looking at, at uh, patterns, you mentioned trends there, Mike. Uh, and after a period of softening, we've seen uh, price increasing for the, uh, the previous quarter, up around about 2% year on year. And that's after around about 10 months of, uh, of price softening. Um, we talked just talked um, about speed of sale. When we look at the speed of the average vehicle leaving our platform, it's around 26 days now. And that's two days faster uh, than the same period last year. So uh, it's been a really strong uh, market in terms of demand. We're seeing still some, some constraints in terms of supply in various areas. Um, but behavior, we, we're seeing that those pricing, uh, where we normally see trends in terms of reductions and discounts on vehicles, we are seeing those that discounting uh, uh, less uh, and more vehicles actually uh, being moved up in price, which is uh, what we saw when we came out of the, uh, the pandemic initially. And so, are you are you seeing a reduction in the overall number of vehicles on the site, um, uh, or is that has that held up despite the the, the reduction in the uh, um, sort of registrations, the two million lost registrations that we've had over the last few years? Now, the, the volume of stock on site is, has been uh, remarkably robust, with around about four hundred and twenty thousand. Uh, vehicles on site. Uh, I think that um, retailers, perhaps because of that speed of sale, um, they're not able to replenish their forecourts as quickly. Uh, so they're going out into the wholesale market. Uh, and, I, and I think that's where there is an opportunity to make sure, look at the data, and make sure that they're getting the vehicles in that are right for their area and their forecourt that meets all their objectives uh, to, to achieve their, uh, uh, their goals. But um, it is still fairly robust, the number of vehicles in market currently. Yeah, I, know. I certainly I drove past the uh, at the Motorpoint site in Manchester, and there was more tarmac than cars the other day. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's you know sourcing stocks been a been an issue for everybody. I mean, as we look forward to to, to Q2, then just sort of keeping on the customers, is there anything that people should be wary of, or? regard as an opportunity based on sort of the search um, uh, stats that you've got coming through at the moment? Well, we, we constantly, we, we uh, get a little bit boring when we say, you know, we always say follow the data, uh, look at the market health uh, of the uh, of your current stock profile in and out of market vehicles that you've got uh, to make sure that you are pricing. I, I think price is probably one of the key opportunities we talked recently um, about there being a 26 and a half million pound um, underpriced opportunity. Those are vehicles that were seen on our platform. And these are hot in-demand cars with a, a very high retail rating, but a price below market. And I think now there is a window of opportunity to have a look at stock, have a look at how you're priced that, that vehicle. And is, can I squeeze some margin out of it? Because it is, it is a very robust market. We don't know how long this is going to last. 
So I would say look at the, the you know the, the your current pricing and you can really make a, a difference right now without spending another penny. John, is that sort of echoing what you're seeing um, uh, as you move and your advice as you move forward to uh, to to the second quarter and, and into the third quarter of this year? Yeah, I would I would strongly agree agree with what was said there because um, I think you know we're seeing that as well that the pricing opportunity that exists there especially early on, you know, in the life cycle of the vehicle, really getting that price right early on. Um, and I think with the market being so variable and so fast moving, that pricing becomes more and more important to try and get that right and, and get your strategies and things in place. Um, for Q2, you know, again, the things that we're noticing about the uh, finance pen, um, we're seeing a downturn in finance pen, a general trend downwards in finance pen. So, I think that's something maybe that's worth the retailers having a look at. And naturally, your stock mix, again, you know, Mark mentioned it there, your stock mix, getting it correct. And without, again, going too much into electric vehicles, you know, they could be a problem sitting there for you. And I think that's definitely worth a look. Um, but we're definitely seeing that trend and demand being still very good um, on, on the vehicles. And, and, and Paul, um, sourcing vehicles is clearly a, um, a challenge for everybody. How, how have you been solving that practically um, uh, at Hendy's? It, uh, it is still a challenge. I mean, we have a, we have a team of buyers, Mike, that are constantly looking to source vehicles, whether that be through the, the traditional route of auction or uh, even, even going out to, to talk to individual buyers, uh, individual customers. But clearly the benefit of the, re, uh, of the franchised operations are that we can get hold of those customers and try and self-generate as many part exchanges as we possibly can. What we see through the data is the profitability of self-generated stock, i.e. part exchanges, performs better than those cars that you can buy. So again, it's all about that retention model, new cars on PCP, used cars on PCP, because um, as we've as we've seen in the, in the most recent past, you know the prevalence of, of pre-reg is not there anymore. Rental companies are not offloading in number. That's allowed the market to stay as robust, uh, which is as Mark and John have, have just said. So the, the the market for quarter two, I believe, will still be as strong as quarters one and last year. I don't see anything changing anytime soon. Uh, the key for me, uh, yeah, it's the procurement of the stock, but it's then getting all over that data, 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 and and work with your team uh, at Auto Trader, uh, work with the team at Insights, who we also use, because the the richness of that data that we now have in the used vehicle space is unbelievable, and and our team are pricing every day, uh, and they work with this data all the time, and and that's where the business has changed for me in the, in the use vehicle space at retail. Yeah, I mean, sort of just quickly touching on, on sort of part exchanges with it being such a profitable um, area for retailers. I mean, one of the anecdotal feedback, uh, pieces of feedback I've had about um, early movers to agency is that they've seen a drop off in, in uh, part exchange opportunity and, and, and the number of vehicles they're buying through part exchange. And that seems to be a little bit sort of wider in the industry as well. Have you seen that in, um, in sort of worsening in, in 2023 or are you still um, hitting the same sort of ratios of part exchange purchases? I would say it has got harder. Um, the ratio, it has dropped a little, 
but we we work very hard on trying to maintain with, with the customers that we want the part exchange um because where that is that those lead times now are have, have been extended clearly that gives the customer the opportunity to look to either place it to another family member sell it privately or, or what have you so so we're in constant contact with those customers whilst they are on that journey to 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 really try and make sure that the that the part exchange remains a feature of the deal and it doesn't drop away so we work hard on that because as you say mike um <laughs> that there, there, there is a a danger that we won't get hold of that part exchange and we we need it desperately um yeah, and on, on, with some of the people I've been chatting to, there's a real difference in the in the number that they're managing to convert. So you know, it's great to see that you're, you're focusing on it. Um, just a yeah. quick reminder to everybody, please keep firing those questions in. I've noticed that some of, uh, of them have been coming up on the screen and we will come uh, come to them later. But uh, please, uh, please keep feeding those through. So the switching subjects um, uh, slightly now, one of the key areas of of publicity um, uh, has been around electric vehicles and the performance of electric vehicles and their valuation and the, the book drops and obviously Tesla's uh, headline price drops. Um, just sort of starting off from a customer point of view, Mark, have you seen any drop off in, in customer demand for or customer um, interest in electric vehicles um, as we've gone through this year? Um, no, surprisingly, absolutely not. Um, demand is up 30% year on year if we look at the same period uh, of last year. Um, I think what's affecting supply mostly, Mike, what's affecting the price mostly, Mike, is that supply. Even though demand is up 30%, uh, looking at the vehicles for sale on our site, that's up 250%. So it's just I think there's a lot more uh, competition out there now. There's a lot of new brands coming into the market. Um, but demand is still exceptionally strong. Uh, it's just that that supply factor um, that is weighing like an anchor on pricing, I think, now. And are you seeing prices stabilise or are they still as volatile as they, they have been? Well, I think since the, the, the Tesla book drops at the beginning of the year, we saw an overall uh, reduction in price. Uh, where there is demand, where there is still strong market health for particular vehicles like the MG brand, uh, we are seeing robust pricing on those. Um, I don't think we've seen a, a panic effect where retailers are sat with stock and they're, they're desperate to, to, to clear the forecourt. Um, I think we're being priced more in line now uh, with the market, um, but they are using data. And I know that uh, John and uh, and, and Paul have, have just said that exactly the same things. Where there is strong demand for those particular vehicles, then they're holding strong. But we see where there's where there's a lot of supply of a particular make. That's when the pricing gets a lot more keener. Electric vehicles. Sorry, you could say just just then, Mike. Sorry. Oh, so, sorry, Paul, are you still buying used electric vehicles? If it's the right car at the right price. I mean, that sounds a bit glib, doesn't it? But that's that's the <laughs> that's the job. Um, so, yes, if we saw if we saw that vehicle and we felt it was priced correctly, then we would. I think Mark's just absolutely nailed it. Whilst demand is up, supply is up more. And that and until that reaches its sort of normal state of equilibrium, which may be a little while um, and, and, and it all calms down a little bit. But I don't think we're going to see Tesla dramatically reducing prices 
every month to the to the level that they did. I mean, it would just be unsustainable. So, you know, there was a bit of shock there, wasn't there? Um, that has a ripple effect. Um, you just got to hold your nerve in certain areas, keep a watching brief on it, again, through the data. Um, the demand will continue to rise, I'm pretty sure of that. But it's just getting that equilibrium back to where um, we'd all be a little bit more comfortable. So, um, you know, EVs are very much a feature of what we do at, at a new car level. They're going to be a very much a feature of what we do at a used car level. So. Yeah, and uh, ch chatting the other day, and some, somebody had put a sort of 85, 90% of cap buying limit on their group. Um, uh, have you imposed anything like that, or are you are you still just following the, the you know the, the current market pricing? But we, we we don't we wouldn't put a number out there like that because, as I say, if if, if we got offered, you know. Uh, a number of vehicles that were um, an incredibly good offer, we'd have to look at it. That's that's um, the benefit of being nimble, I guess. And um, at the same time, we certainly wouldn't be going um, overbook in terms of, of, of well, buying anything for that matter where, where possible. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's, um, but it's certainly uh, with EV as your content of your used car stock. You, it's from a a uh, monitoring point of view, it is a number that we're very much aware of, we're acutely aware of it, and just keeping a uh, very much a watchful eye over it, monitoring your number of days in stock, days to sell, etc. So, um, yeah, great. And, and John, based on the data that you've got, I mean, EVs are still only a quite a small percentage of the market. Um, would you be advising retailers to steer clear, or are you seeing some positive metrics and a reason to get involved? I think if you looked at the data for the first quarter and only looked at that alone, you would go, you know, don't buy electric vehicles because it, it, it does perform badly. But I think Paul used the word there, equilib equilibrium, which I think is the key. I think, you know, the, the shock with Tesla and the shock with all that happened there caused, you know, maybe some dealers to have high value electric vehicles and look, look to sell them off. But I think we're starting to see that flattening a little bit again. You know, no doubt when you look at our graphs, you see the big trend downwards just for two or three months, but definitely a bit of a flattening again. I think where where we do see a bit of a red flag, as I mentioned, finance penetration, it's definitely seems to be worse on the electric vehicles. The downward trend was worse on the electric vehicles. And from speaking to some of our colleagues, you know, on finance companies and things, they were saying they were struggling to build deals and build um you know, you know, or, or authorise those sorts of finance because of residual values on electric vehicles being a little bit uncertain. So that's maybe something just to look at. And again, you know, Paul talks about the data. Let's keep an eye on the data and that and keep an eye on the trends. But I can see it starting to flatten after a bit of a shock this year from what we can see in the data. Brilliant. And, and I mean, one of the other focuses of the the webinar was uh, was KPIs. I mean, I obviously love KPIs and particularly used car KPIs and was uh, debating um, uh, them online uh, yesterday following on from a, a post that uh, Dale uh, Wyatt put out there about uh, Suzuki's Q1 or well, rolling 12, but at the end of Q1 um, uh, results. And we were chatting about the, the used car return on investment. Um, John, what, what sort of KPIs are you Picking up on at the moment um, as being particularly important for the for the retailers to be to be monitoring on a um, and then sort of what period do they need to be looking at it at? So I think the the biggest single factor that we see where you can make the biggest difference is pricing the cars correctly, and that might sound really ridiculous. Of course, you have to get the price correct, but get the price correct early on and get your pricing strategy in place. 
and we obviously we're biased, but we have, we have a, a a KPI within Insights, which is the number of cars priced within the strategy, and the people that price their cars within the strategy and within their predefined strategies do the best. So I think that's definitely the key. The other thing I think to keep an eye on in the data is the value-added products. So we're just seeing them vary and move about quite a bit at the moment, whether it's the cost of living or what's going on, but generally the number of value-added products you're selling, they have a huge impact on profitability, obviously, and we can see them moving about a little bit. So again, I think that's a really important KPI in the used car space. Yeah. When it comes to setting the strategy, how, how would you recommend people go about that and how, how often do they need to re-look at it? Um, so I'll maybe let Mark expand on that a little bit, but certainly working with the teams at AutoTrader, we find people that work really well with AutoTrader and then kind of work with us on that and, and using our tools to implement that strategy. That's the people that do really well, but working closely with AutoTrader, I think is the key for me. Yeah, I think it very much depends on each individual forecourt and what um, uh, what, your, what your profile is. In, in terms of KPIs, we know retailers look at volume sales, profit per unit and days to sell. And, they're very much outputs, uh, and we measure the inputs going into uh, into delivering those, which is overall we'd look at market health, so the supply and demand of, of the marketplace of that stock profile, that segment, um, and then the retail rating of those vehicles from one to a hundred. Uh, exactly how in demand is that stock for my area, and does it match my criteria in terms of speed of sale? Will I sell it? What's my break even? Uh, point at which point there's no profit in that car and so I need to, to sell it quickly and then there's a the performance rating so once that vehicle is live and advertised on a platform am I getting enough interest in it am I getting enough engagement and leads from from uh, from from those vehicles and that's really the three main, main KPIs that deliver into it but John's just right it's each individual forecourt uh, and strategy is different dependent on on what your your goals are overall Brilliant. Um, Paul, obviously you're, you're managing a, a, a big group. What particular sort of used car KPIs do you focus on and, and, and use to sort of drive the uh, or monitor and then drive the overall group uh, strategy? Well, all, everything you've heard of. I mean, there's so this. We're back, we're back to the, the quality and the quantity of data that's available. And I suppose it's disseminating that to try and keep it keep it simple then even I can understand it so you know I mean as as Mark and John were speaking then I was reflecting about how much it's changed in terms of used car KPIs over the years and you know we are we're monitoring it right from uh, purchase of the vehicle uh, receipt to retail number of days and, and the, the role that the service operations can play within that to ensure that preparation used car preparation balloting photography is all done before cars are displayed and we try and get that to um to be as condensed as is possible that's a challenge when you're talking franchised operations you've got workshops who are trying to cater for retail work warranty work new car pdi where does used car preparation fall within that so it's it's constant priority we just opened a number of preparation centers to try and alleviate some of the pressure that we're feeling in the service operations at the moment so that the used car operations can continue as i said earlier to be a real cornerstone of our profitability so getting that car displayed fit and ready is absolutely crucial then we measure days on the forecourt and we know that the, the faster we can turn these cars the more profitable they are 
and so on. But again, back to the data, what cars are selling, what's hot, what's not, what will sell better in a different location from a different brand. Um, so so there's, the science now in, in this is immense. Uh, and we give it dedicated focus because there just is so much there. And, and, you know, if that was any tip I'd give anybody, it's used cars now. The science required is is huge. Um, we're blessed here with a brilliant team. They produce fantastic results. Um, so it's... Uh, John and Mark have alluded to it. The, the, the amount of data that you can use and the richness of it, translating it and making it the most effective. That's no, great, and uh, uh, thank you very much. It's really insightful. So, have you moved your recon work out of your retail workshop to um, sort of dedicated prep centres, or are you sort of blending the two? Blending the two. It will depend on where that dealership is located. Uh, we're, we're trying to work on having regionally based prep centres. There's a cost to those, and you have to do the, you know, the economics of it all. But um, and there are other workshops who are who, or and facilities who have big enough workshops on site and and facilities to be able to cater for all of it. But for example, at a preparation centre, that's where we'd probably have uh, a photographic turntable. Again, the quality of photo is, is hugely important for your website and how quickly we can upload the data to the website. So we find that you know some dealerships are space constrained. Um, and that would be where we might encourage to put PDI now as well as preparation off the dealership. With used car preparation, that could add a movement, which is a cost. So again, all of that would be added into the mix. Um, but speed of turn, receipt to retail, get it on the forecourt, is absolutely crucial. Uh, and um, it's getting the service departments, as they do, to buy into understanding all of that, which they do, and the, and the hugely important role that they play in the success of the used vehicle operations. No, I couldn't agree. I think that's absolutely vital, and particularly now we're back into a world of used vehicle depreciation um, uh, yeah. from the sort of the, the, the honeymoon or the, 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 the Nirvana period we had where they were going up in value rather than down, and there was no actual cost to holding on to them. In fact, um, uh, some of the um, uh, well publicized retail groups might have actually been better off not selling cars, just holding them and waiting for them to go up in value and then selling them all at the end. Um, now on to some of the questions that have been fired through um, uh, from people, uh, and thank you very much for submitting those. Uh, um, Peter Smythes fed in, how do the panel feel both the OEMs and the retailers are going to cope with the huge uplifting volume in battery electric vehicles over the next two years? Um, Paul, do you want to sort of take how you, you reckon you're going to cope with it as a retailer? Well, we've got to create the demand. Um have we not with the used car customer as much as the new car customer and we mustn't lose sight of that um i think there'll be a natural interest because there is anyway but one of the things that i would suggest and that we've already started doing is you've got to start to train your used vehicle colleagues uh, sales advisors um as much as your new vehicle colleagues have been advised part of the challenge for some of these used vehicle uh, colleagues of course is that they might be multi-franchise um, so maybe an even bigger challenge, but I think I think we've absolutely got to tool up our teams from a used vehicles perspective as much as we have done, obviously in the new vehicle space, um, because it is coming at them and they need to be as knowledgeable and insightful about the products that they're selling as their new vehicle colleagues are. So 
we've started already tooling up for that because, you know, uh, they're coming into the used vehicle space, aren't they? Because they're current, you know, look at what's happening in new. So they're on their way. So let's get tooled up for it. Perfect. And, and John, how do you think the sort of the the, the OEMs are going to cope um, uh, as they get the, uh, the the vehicles back and then sort of feed them through to the to the retailers? Yeah, well, I think um, probably I would uh, I can have a more of a guess at that. I think certainly for from our perspective, the, the key to being able to cope with it and deal with the changes that are coming from it are keeping an eye on the difference it's making to your business. You know, keeping an eye on the trends as those as that increases. And adjusting your business accordingly. So I think, you know, we're still reasonably short of data on what a, a used or a used EV does to a business. You know, from a servicing perspective, from a, a value-added product perspective, a profitability perspective. I think it's really important preparing for that future and that increase to look at what EVs do to your business and really keep an eye on that along the way. That, that, to me, is a really big thing. Besides the operational aspect, as Paul mentioned, of tooling up and getting your people ready, what difference is it making to your business as that volume increases and adjusting adjusting your business accordingly? Oh, brilliant. And a quest, question now from, from Chris Milner at, at Smith's Motor Group. Um, electric van values are currently stronger than cars, but they'll follow. Uh, will they follow the same dip as EV cars? Um, Mark, what are you seeing from the... Um, that sort of trends on the website. Yeah, there is still very strong demand for electric vehicles, used electric vehicles, um, and whether or not that be be van or, or, or car, we are seeing strong demand for for vans as well. I think because there's a limited choice at the moment, limited range of, of EV vans, um, it, we've not we're not seen as as, as sharp a decline in the in the price of that yet. I think there's more and more vehicles. Uh, and the greater choice of EV vans come uh, uh, onto market, then we will see probably the same picture that we're seeing now uh, with cars. But don't forget, I think this is a is this has got to happen because if we're serious about the road to 2030 and the decarbonisation of the UK car park, those prices have, have got to become more realistic to everyday consumers. When we're looking at prices on site for used EVs, last July that was. The average price of a used EV on our platform was around forty-one thousand. Now that's somewhere in the region of thirty-two thousand. And whilst obviously that's you know a decrease for, for for retailers selling those cars, it's bringing that more in line with consumers' budgets. And I think the demand will will as prices continue to be to, to realign. I think demand will will no doubt follow that and go upwards as well. But if you were a, sort of a, an EV van retailer, you'd be monitoring the number of vans that were available for sale. To because, as you said, one of the big drivers of the uh, of the car price drop was the sheer volume of stock that was then available for customers to purchase. Absolutely, absolutely. John again, I think hit the nail on the head though. And it, we all talk about data. We sound a little bit boring when we keep saying follow the mm -hmm. data. We look at market health. That's the supply and the demand dynamics. And when uh, demand outstrips supply, and then it's a it's a seller's market, and prices increase. And right now, because there is a shortage of supply of electric vans, then I think that, that prices are strong. Once more and more come into market, then we'll see those prices realign. Brilliant. I've got a question in for for Paul from Peter Cottle. 
Um, clearly, metal profit remains strong. How's finance, pen and revenue holding up since interest rates have increased? Are you seeing more customers seeking finance elsewhere, especially in the premium brands? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, look, I think it was mentioned earlier. I think John John mentioned it when he's looking through the data. Uh, uh, a worry bead has been finance penetration uh, in quarter one. Um, we, we're seeking to correct that. Um Maybe we've all got to look at what, what rate we're, uh, are we charging um, to get the penetration back because we want the, those customers on the book, don't we? Um, so that we can continue to renew and manage the retention better. But certainly in quarter one, there was, uh, there was pressure on finance penetration and certainly versus last year's performance. That is something we're looking to address in quarter two. From Andrew Smith at, at Citygate, um, uh, maybe for, for you, John, um, is the average sale price in the KPIs uh, falling due to older vehicle sales as the sort of the, the bulk of the park ages? Yes, definitely we did see that and that is part of what's happening. But we saw that kind of dip at the start of the year, but it has started to climb, climb again. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we're nearly back. I'm just actually flicking, you know, where we're close to the heights again of, of January 22 on those on those uh, prices. So, yes, it fell and yes, it softened during 2022 and continued, but it seems to be going again. And we're definitely seeing those upward trends again. There's no doubt the mix has shifted a little bit older, but we're seeing those upward trends again. And presumably, as we get an increased sort of penetration of EVs and um, sort of the, the uh, which, which are naturally higher priced, or certainly higher priced from an RRP point of view, that will drag that up as well. Yeah, naturally, it's going to do that exactly. Now, as you say, the numbers are still quite small on EV, but it's going to happen, isn't it? It's going to drag it up. Yeah. Um, Mark, just sort of s standing back, what sort of percentage of the market is? battery electric vehicles. I mean, we, as I said, it gets an awful lot of the noise and given the, the value um, uh, drops that we've seen, it's clearly an area of focus for everybody. But in the grand scheme of things, what what sort of size of market are we talking about? Yeah, well, it, it is still a maturing market. Um, I think when we look at the, the amount of electric vehicles for sale on, on our platform, uh, as, as we mentioned, it, the, the, the supply has gone up 250%. As those vehicles come off fleet, we'll continue to see that, that market share increase um, and demand increase as well. But because it's still a, a very, uh, it's still a maturing market, it's really important not to take a broad brush approach to this and follow the live market data when it comes to supply and demand. How many vehicles are there today in market that I'm competing against selling my electric vehicle? And how should I price my, my vehicle accordingly? I think that you won't go too far wrong if you continue to, to follow the data on a regular basis. What's the market health? What's the retail rating of this vehicle? You're not going to be left with too many nasty surprises. The prices aren't going to fall off a cliff. There's not going to be a nosedive in this. It's just really important to keep your finger on the pulse, monitor it regularly, and then adjust your, your, your goals and your strategy accordingly. It's kind of little and often rather than a broad brush sweeping approach to, to, to pricing. Just just keep following the data. 
Yeah, but to to sort of set a benchmark in the uh, as to where we are now, what what percentage of vehicles on the Autotrader website are BEVs? Oh, I'd have to I'd have to have a look at uh, on on the site for that. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to hazard a guess, um, but uh, yeah, I know, come I know back it's to me. I'll have but a look. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it was just a query because I said it, it, it's it's creating so much noise and so much area of focus because of the the, the and we're gonna you know, as you said it's, it it can double, but if it's that's from a very small number, then we can still be talking about a small part of the market. So I just didn't know whether you knew um, uh, what sort of percentage. Stop it is, but we, we do know um, we have got the road to uh, 2030 EV report, which goes into a lot of uh, detail about the, the market share and the future market share. We do know that there will be a tipping point, um, and that's a, a lot closer than 2030 in terms of um, when those vehicles that are new, that are being registered now, are coming into the wholesale market. We know that that's going to be like 2026, 2027. Uh, and that's when retailers will be faced with more EVs through the auction halls and, and, and online uh, to, to purchase at wholesale uh, than, uh, than, than typical other, than other ICE vehicles. So we know there is a tipping point coming. And I think that uh, by that stage, retailers, Paul mentioned it earlier, they've got, to be, they've got to make sure that they're fit for purpose to sell that product to those, those customers. I just just check there. Mike, sorry, there's six percent of the our stock is sitting at electric at the moment. I <laughs> just had a look. So yeah, across our data was that six? Six percent. Yeah. No, brilliant. Um, we, we're no, that's really really useful. Um, we're about to move into a world of uh, of bank holidays, and obviously with the the normal May Day bank holiday, but also the um uh, the, the coronation um uh, bank holiday week on Monday. Um. Does that usually present an opportunity through increased viewers, uh, Mark, or is uh, is everybody going to be taking the day off with the computer off and, and their feet up? Uh, well, typically, we, we, it's really interesting to look at um, major events that have impacted demand on our site. When we track back, we can see um, Olympics, World Cup. That does take a, a, an impact. That does have an impact. And um, when you look at a, a World Cup uh, event, that's possibly two weeks. Um, I, I do think when we look at bank holidays, it all depends on the weather as well. I don't think that people uh, will be wanting to, to get online or search for a new car if it's glorious outside. We do see typically weather and, and events do have an impact on, on sales. But some might want to go out. They might want to make a day of it. But generally, we see a, 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 a little bit of a dip in demand while these events take place. Um, Paul, are you are you planning anything unusual or doing anything special across the group for the uh, uh, for the coronation? Nothing, nothing special, uh, Mike. We will we will have um, members of the team will, will be in and on hand. But I think it's one of those that you know, um, <clears throat> such a tough one to call, isn't it? And as as Mark's just said, very very weather dependent. If it's if it's glorious weather and it's the first bank holiday and chance that people have had to enjoy that weather with their family with, with such a big occasion going on, then I, I think they'll be doing that. If the weather isn't so great and they've, they've done their viewing and they're together as a family and they're thinking about changing, just maybe they'll come out and either physically have a look or go online and have a look. It's a very, very difficult one to call, um, but we will, uh, we will be open um, at the relevant times that we, we think 
we should be. It's a, it's a very difficult one to call, isn't it? No, it is. And, and if you sort of look back in the past, I've, um, uh, I, I'm not quite sure what weather people buy cars in because they don't buy it when it's sunny. They don't buy them when it's raining yeah. and we end up with all that. But uh, no, I think I, I think it, I think it is a tricky one. I think just having the uh, um, uh, you, you know, your staff on hand to be able to uh, to deal with the, the customers as they're looking to buy. Same as as you would do normally. Yeah. Um, just sort of looking at the clock, we have reached the end of our 40 minutes. Thank you so much to the uh, to the panel for all of your input. I found that really, really insightful. Um, I hope that everybody else has uh, as well. Many thanks for watching our auto retail live webinar in partnership with Real Time Communications, part of See It Now Group. Uh, if you want to watch again or share with colleagues, we'll be sending out a link after the show. Uh, my thanks to, to Paul, John and Mark for their superb insight answering my, uh, my questions and all the questions that have come in. Thank you to everybody who sent in questions uh, and to everybody who's been watching. Uh, I hope trade continues to be successful uh, as we go through the remainder of 2023. And in the meantime, uh, enjoy your bank holidays and the coronation. Thank you very much. <laughs>